7 o'clock. Thanks for joining us on this very snowy Tuesday. Jim Davis along with the Buckeye Boys back from the islands. I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Bad and a good kind of bad or bad? A little of both. Just bad and awful. I knew I was going to be in too good of a mood, too happy, too relaxed to live up to the little bitter ball of hate yesterday. That's why I took the day off. So I could come in fully unhinged. But, but as yeah, per but you're usual. still you're still kind of got a glow. You still I'm, you do kind of. I'm I'm just gonna tell I'm, you. I'm gonna say I'm in a pretty damn good mood, but <laughs> that can all change. It it just depends. Well, I'm glad you had a wonderful trip. It was amazing. As we were saying, Karen probably had to do a lot of Buckeye boy sitting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, she did. We had over, a, over come come over yeah. here come we, over here. We had a boat excursion on Monday, the twenty third, and uh, it was on the advertise complimentary rum punch, and I made sure I got my money's worth. Oh, good. Yep, that's that's what vacation's all about. And pretty much the whole entire time, <laughs> I got my money's worth, but very much so that day. Now, just so the pile, if they're you're not they're not familiar, is your honeymoon? It's my 40th, honeymoon 40th slash fortieth birthday trip. Yeah, to St. Martin. St. Martin, yes. Dutch side, amazing. French side, the stereotype fits. We'll yeah, just and leave it at that. And I have to look, and that's part of my ancestry, French. I mean, my mother's maiden name was Paris. Mm-hmm. I still. Would like to know if I own piece of that action over there. By the way, if we I don't know if the family owns at least part of part of that city. But, but yeah, that side of your family is the nicest and closest <laughs> I'll ever get to actual France. I think. It, it, probably so, and probably the same for me as well. Yeah, because there's a lot of other stuff mixed there's, in there. There's so. somewhere in France I want to go, but after hanging out with some French, I'm good. You're good. You're good. I yeah. I, I get that. I do. We did meet one. We went to Scotland, this French lady, and she had worked for, I want to say, like the World Health Organization or something along those lines. Yeah. And apparently, yeah, and she was just like, she was the sweetest lady. She was super, super nice. She was not your stereotypical French person. She, she probably, chill. the reason she wasn't in France is because <laughs> they kicked her out Maybe for so. being way too nice. She, did not exceed the. She exceeded right. the snottiness or the niceness quota. Yeah. They have a snottiness limit that mm-hmm. uh, you know you have to at least a bare minimum of. You went out of your way to help somebody. Be gone. Sacre bleu. <laughs> Adios, muchacho. Yeah, pretty much. But no, it was. It's not French, but it was wonderful the entire experience. Oh, good. I'm so, glad you enjoyed yep. yourself. Glad you guys had a great time mm-hmm. while you were gone. The Broncos didn't hire a coach, by the way. No, I and I saw the phrase "return to square one," and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" Let's see. We'll we'll talk more about it around the NFL top of the eight o'clock hour. But D'Amico Ryan's now apparently out. Probably become the next head coach of the Houston Texans. Didn't I mean, he sue the Texans at one point? D'Amico Ryan's, or is my thinking of somebody else? I, I kind of he, heard he, that in passing. He pl- 
played there. Right, but didn't he get hurt and then end up sue the Texans or something? I don't remember the exact fra- – I was kind of in a little bit of a haze when I was reading that at very late into the night or early one morning. Um, apparently, he had a – you're right, he had a lawsuit against them. Did not diminish the interest in the job. That um, let's see, an injury. It was an injury case. He suffered a torn Achilles tendon while playing in Houston as a member of the Eagles. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And his lawyer sued everyone who was potentially responsible for the conditions that caused the injury. Kind of like the oh, Broncos kid, right? Uh, Aaron Patrick. Sure. Not Aaron Patrick. I remember. It was Broncos backup linebacker, special teams guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy he sued the Rams and Stan Kroenke and Walmart and Bentonville, Arkansas Township <laughs> or everybody involved. Every it feels like Sam's Club. Yeah, uh, Aaron Patrick. Yeah. Oh, nice. Ding, ding, ding. What do you, What do you know? Right. Um. Uh, yeah. I, I am the smartest man alive. I just. I don't. That must was that for both of us today? Because yeah. do you remember D'Amico Ryan's lawsuit? Right. I remember Aaron Patrick. That must mean you're an incredibly. Uh, charismatic individual. When a team you sued still wants to hire you to be head coach, yes, he I know pl- the owners. He played six years for them. Yeah, that might help too, but doesn't fit the narrative. You know what I mean? But yeah, it, he's apparently the favorite for the Texans' job. Absolutely right. Well, remember Ryan Flores sued them because he didn't mm-hmm. wasn't hired to be the head coach, and this year they didn't interview him, so. They did not hold that against D'Amico Ryan. Too soon, I think. <laughs> yeah, just a little, little too Still soon. Still going through the process, I believe. And so I, I don't know where that puts the Broncos. I guess they called Jim Harbaugh again, and well, Jim Harbaugh. The, no, who, no, they did better. Greg Pinner went there. He flew to Ann Arbor. He did better than called him. He flew there and talked to him. And there's and, so many different ways. It's like one. Okay, so Jim Harbaugh is looking ever more like Nick Saban. Like, I'm going to be the head coach of Michigan, and I'm looking forward to returning this year, and I'm going to Denver. You know, he hasn't taken the job. And Greg Penner looks like a guy who doesn't understand the phrase no. It's And then there's the, the mystery candidates that we keep hearing about. With Callahan, the OC in Cincinnati, that they're they talk to or they're going to talk to him. All these mystery candidates. Remember, they got a they got a two week start on this. They got yeah. a jump start on everybody else when they fired Hackett week fifteen, and they're going to come in last. Well, right now they're definitely not going to come in first because Frank Reich hired by Carolina. Obviously, they they got their guy. Mm-hmm. Looks like the Texans probably will get their guy. And but like we were saying, the Broncos are no closer today than they were yeah, six weeks ago. Absolutely. You know, Sean Payne announced on Fox of the weekend that more information will be shared about whether or not he returns to coaching or continues his media gig. That supposedly this week we'll find out something about Sean Payton. Right. Just make it stop, Sean. Come on. More information will come to light. What is this? The Deep Throat book? I mean, just say it. Say it or not. Coach or not. Getting tired of it. I'm losing my interest in Sean Payton with this coming up later this He's Ryan Seacrest after the break. It's like, just make it or stop. Or like Dr. Phil. Yeah. 
Just make we'll, a decision. We'll, we'll tell you more about why Tammy Sue put her husband yeah. Billy Bob in the wood chopper after this. Yeah. I never liked cliffhangers in scripted television because I didn't want to wait a week. But it's the tease, though. Yeah. Come on. It's it's like it's the, it's the tease. Poo or get off the pot. Come on. <laughs> but when the tease goes through two different commercial breaks, yeah. you're going, okay, enough already. Stop right. it. That's the thing that always drove me nuts about some shows is we'll talk about this next. And then it's like three segments later, they finally get back to it. Like, Which you we've probably have been guilty of that. Absolutely. <laughs> that but, many, many times. You know, it's like, just come on, Sean. Make a decision. You're running out of good gigs to take. Well, and, and here's the thing. we There was the report that, like, Jiro Vero, Raheem Morris, Jim Caldwell, David Shaw were all told, thanks, but no thanks. Mm-hmm. And now we're not so sure that is the case, though that's what, it, it sounded like the other day that the Broncos, they kind of got their guy. They knew who they wanted. And thanks, appreciate you interviewing for the job, but no. And now, Greg Pinner goes back to Ann Arbor, talks to Harbaugh, meets with him in person, has a feeling of desperation, like, are you sure? Are you sure you want to stay here? Are you sure you want to stay in Ann Arbor? Sure you don't want to come to Denver? Are you sure about this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, are they, are they going to interview Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan, who they interviewed the last go-around. Eagles defensive coordinator Jonathan Gannon, who they interviewed in the last go-around. And talk about before they hired Natak. You and, know, and to uh, me, if you're a coach that eventually gets this job, aren't you kind of always now looking over your shoulder at Jim Harbaugh? Unless Greg Penner pursues you with the same fervor that he did Jim Harbaugh? It's like, well, oh well, man, Jim Harbaugh lost to Ohio State. Didn't make the Big Ten championship game. He may be coming for my job. I think it feels a, I like think, a little. I think it's a fair thing to say because there there's some infatuation there. That's with, a good with, word for it. With, yeah, because it's with, not just an interest. With Penner going there, I mean they haven't talked to Sean Payton twice. They've inter- had one interview with him, mm-hmm. and so it's just it's so hard to figure it out. And we had Georgia call the other day about the, the Peyton situation and, well, why would the Broncos bid against themselves and you know, by being too forthcoming? about Because there was the story out that Peyton did not like. I think, was were you here or gone before I that? was gone, okay. but I, it came out that he did not like somebody in the interview He was process. concerned about a power struggle with somebody in the Broncos ownership group that he spoke with. And... Initially, people thought, well, maybe it's Condoleezza Rice because she really likes David Shaw. She likes Harbaugh. But it sounded more like it might have been Greg Penner. But then Sean Payton quickly tweeted out, no, I like everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody was good. I didn't have a problem with anybody. And, and and George's comment was, well, other some other team might have planned that that wants to hire Payton yeah. to kind of blow things up. And th- that could very well be the case. I, I don't know. It, it could be. And for me, like, I wouldn't think if it's going to be a power struggle with ownership, if that's the the three words that you hone in on, right, it's got to be Greg Penner because no one else is going to be involved in the day-to-day operations. Because Penner seems to be the guy, too, that is he is the one driving the right. bus on this coaching search. How can you be in a power struggle with Lewis Hamilton when <laughs> he's probably not he's even probably it, never been to Denver? <laughs> Or if he has, it's been maybe twice, right? You see what I mean there? Right. Now, if it's a power struggle and that's it, it could very well be with the other Peyton 
that the issue is. Because Very true. Sean Payton wants a lot more control than other coaches would have with an actual tangible GM in that place, which is George Payton. It just and maybe, the word ownership though is kind of the the indicator there. And, and two things that well, 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 three things. Number one, the head start that they had on this, and how that head start has not. They were but, only behind Carolina big. and Indianapolis. Has not done you know, has not done them any good. I mean, yeah, because you already had Colts mm-hmm. that had canned Frank Reich earlier. Carolina, obviously, with Matt Rule, but but the Broncos compared. I mean, they 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 got a head start, and the feeling was was that you know Steve Wilkes, you know they they kind of responded to him a little bit. The, the Panthers didn't. Wilkes may have that job. Obviously, that that didn't turn out to be the case. You know, they and and the Colts. I mean, they, there was some infatuation with Jeff Saturday, which still is kind of there. Mm-hmm. And so, the feeling was, hey, we're going to try these guys. Maybe one of these guys will be the next head coach of our football team. Where Denver and and Cody Rourke will have Cody with us tomorrow from Mile High Sports Radio. He wrote a piece for Mile High Sports. That maybe they need to turn back to Jerry Rossberg. That maybe Rossberg needs to be at least for now the answer as far as the head coach of this football team. And remember they had the meeting with Jerry Rossberg. It was more kind of an exit interview thing, turned into a longer conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I am, but no, look, I like Jerry Rossberg. I thought he did a really nice job. But that's let's not be honest, going to inspire the fan base. And I don't know if that's the answer. I think Jerry Rosberg on the staff as a special teams coordinator, yes, absolutely. As a head coach, I, I'm not sold on that. And I just think that when you you had a head start, really, because other teams were still they were they had guys that were in place like let's let's see how he does here. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no there was no let's see how Jerry Rosberg does, and is Jerry Rosberg going to be the head coach of this team? Right. There was never a feeling of that, and. Kind of, and you're supposed to have have Russell Wilson. You have a new ownership group. You're flush with cash. Yeah, you got some. You got challenges when it comes to draft capital. You don't have much. But this job was supposed to be more attractive than what it's turning out to be, which is. And and the thing is, I don't know. For example, we don't know where things are with a Jim Caldwell, which I know won't inspire the fan base, or a Jiro Vero, who's interviewed for other jobs. Or Raheem Morris, we're, we're we're told that they that they're out of the running. But then then I I read other things where they're still very much in consideration. Mm-hmm. You don't know where this is all going. But it I feels mean, it's very much like it's Jim Harbaugh or bust. It kind of feels that way now. But you know, wasting the the time that they've had the advantage here of of knowing they're going to look for a new head coach, mm-hmm. wasting that. And, and another thing that's been an observation too is, is Greg Pinner. Is he approaching this like he's trying to hot? I don't. There's almost this feeling like you should want to be here. Why yeah. don't you want to be here? And 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 is this some of this coming from? Hey, look, we're the we're the Waltons. We're 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 Walmart. We're Sam's Club. We've mm-hmm. got a lot of money. Why we we can pay you well? Why don't you want this job? And, and to I me, that's that's alarming. If I'm a fan. I don't know who they've offered the job to, but the fact that they've had to go or they've back, offered to anybody at this offered point in to time. anybody, but the fact that they've had to go back to Jim Harbaugh, that 
Frank Reich was never really in consideration. Sean Payton is still like, well, you know what? Maybe after the break, I'll tell you what I'm doing. <laughs> maybe or maybe not. It's Nobody's jumping at this job, right? It feels like that there's been plenty of names float in and out of Dove Valley, and no one's really jumping at the job if they've been offered it. Have they approached this wrong because Penner's trying to come at it from, we've got a lot of money, but also from, like they're hiring an exec at Walmart. That the business approach to it, it's a, this is a different kind of business mm-hmm. where egos are a big part of, of yeah. being able to speak to the ego of a coach. Well, and, and, and maybe they're not doing that. With, we talk about it all the time in the NFL and in sports in general. The owners, all of them are billionaires. A lot of them inherited it. But a lot of them earned it and made it off of the, you know, the intelligence and the business acumen. And then they right. get into sports, and they're just gigantic idiots. Because it's it's, it's like they they start throwing you know good money after bad. Right. They they don't let people who know the business mm-hmm. run the business. They feel like, well, I know business. This is this is no different. Than, and they don't take time to let Walmart. things build. Yeah. All that sort of thing. And they want to expect now. I expect a return on investment now. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other things about. This interview process, I think, that raises some red flags and some questions. We'll get into those later. But, I mean, I, and I, I was thinking about this a little bit yesterday, kind of getting ready to come back. Like, is is Russell Wilson that on film, does he even look fixable to some of these guys? Is that an albatross around the neck of ownership right I now? think it could play a role in it. I don't think it's the... I don't think it's I, the I, end all. I don't all. think it's the but I it, it probably for some guys, yeah. It's do I? I, mean, I don't think I want to have to. Mm-hmm. Do I think I can fix this, or can I find somebody to fix this? I, I think that's a, a valid question. So if you got some thoughts today, Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line nine seven zero two four two thirteen forty. Rob Ames, Delta Boys basketball coach, coming up in a few minutes. Time for what's happening. Brought to you by our friends at ComWest, your technology partner. They help business owners grow their business by providing quality, reliable, personalized technology solutions that support and secure their business technology consistently and professionally. Whether you're looking for help with cybersecurity, you're looking for help with surveillance, network support, backup and disaster recovery, or a new business phone system like we have right here at the radio station, thanks to ComWest, give them a call today, 970-242-242. 8142, that's 970-242-8142 for Comwest. All right, start things out with the question of who will be the Broncos' next head coach remains unanswered, but the list of coaches who won't be the Broncos' next coach grows. According to the Gazette's Woody Page, 49ers defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans has informed the Broncos he's not interested in being the team's next head coach. Ryans is the third number one choice the Broncos had in their coaching search. According to Page, reports are that Ryans will become the next head coach of the Houston Texans. Other news out of the AFC West, former Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator Kellen Moore is now the new offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers. The Broncos' first-round draft pick is now set. Denver have the 29th pick in the spring's draft in Kansas City. The pick originally belonged to San Francisco, but went to Miami and was sent to Denver in the Bradley Chubb trade. The 49ers lost to Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, set the pick at 29th. Nuggets second-year guard Bones Highland may be heading to a new team. The Denver Post reports that 
two-league sources have indicated that Denver's looking at trading Highland before next Thursday's trade deadline. The Post reports that Denver is looking for players with two-way skills that are on similar cost-control contracts. The report says that Denver's also looking for a first-round draft pick. Highland's averaging 12 points per game and has two years left on his rookie deal. The Central Boys basketball team has their rematch tonight with defending Southwestern League champion Montrose at the Warriors gym. The Red Hawks beat Central 51-40 to in their previous meeting, but the Warriors have gone on a six-game winning streak since that loss. During the streak, they've held four of their six opponents under 40 points. Central coach John Sedanich says his former coach Steve Phillips inspired him to change things on the defensive end. I kind of went back to my roots with, you know, what Coach Phillips and Coach Ganyu always taught me, and we just went back to being a tough man-to-man uh, team, and you know, kind of ever since then, and picking back up this year, the kids have really bought into that, and, and they really enjoy that end of the floor. 13-4 Central faces 11-4 Montrose tonight on the team, part of our full-court coverage. That starts at 5-15. The other matchup tonight will have Fruitland Monument hosting Grand Junction. The Wildcat boys hope to extend their eight-game winning streak when they host their Valley rival Grand Junction tonight. The 15-1 Wildcats are 2-0 in the Southwestern League after beating Durango 75-31 this past Saturday. Fruita coach Jake Aguirre says one of their goals is to slow down Tigers letting score and rebounder Will Applegate. They do a good job with him. We understand. Um, they, they got some big guys all over the place on that team. Grand Junction enters the game at 6-10 and overall, 0-2 in league. Once again, full-court coverage with all that action starts at 5-15 tonight on the Team Sports Network, presented by Ken Richards State Farm Insurance. The Delta Girls basketball team looks to stay undefeated in 4A Western Slope League play when they head to Rifle tonight. The Panthers are 6-0 and in league, coming off a one-point win at Summit. The last time they faced Rifle, Delta dominated in their 50-9 win. Panthers coach Kyle Crowder says he doesn't worry about his team overlooking the Bears pretty easy to keep those kids hungry they they want to do best that they can and and they're excited for each other when they're getting buckets so just it's a, it's a pretty special place where they're at because they don't really look at a team and say you know we know it's going to be an easy win for us they just look at it and say hey we get an opportunity to go out there and do what we do mark cantrell the call tonight on the monkey for the highway 50 game of the week pregame at 545 the girls and you can hear it uh, 95.7 fm in the grand valley 97.1 in delta want to remind our listeners in montrose tonight you want to uh, tune into the Red Hawks games, you can hear that on 102.1 FM when they score off against Central. And that's what's happening. Brought to you by ComWest. Give them a call today if you're looking for a new business phone system or cybersecurity help. 970-242-8142. Up next, Delta Panthers boys coach Rob Ames joins us on the Jim Davis Show. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Talking Delta boys basketball with Coach Rob Ames on the team. And our conversation with Rob Ames brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Rob Ames joins us on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone phone line. Good morning, Rob. How are you? I'm great, Jim. How are you guys? I'm doing well. Snowy uh, down at Delta Way this morning. Pretty uh, pretty nasty around here trying to drive. Well, you know, it snowed overnight. I woke up this morning, and the snow was gone. I don't know what happened overnight. Well, I, I tell you what, I, I wish whatever uh, magician made your snow disappear could do that down here. We uh, <laughs> we have not we have not been quite so lucky down here in the in the Grand Valley with our snow disappearing. It's a little bit uh, slick out there this morning. Uh, your basketball team six and nine overall right now, four and three in the four A Western Slope League. 
you know, you're looking to, to snap uh, a, a two-game losing streak, uh, lost to Basalt, lost to Summit, close loss to Summit uh, this last Saturday, 57-53. So uh, you take on Rifle tonight. We'll talk more about the Bears in a moment, a team you've already faced this season. But uh, like I said, trying to get things turned around here with uh, you know taking a loss in the last two games. Yeah, we, we had a rough weekend. Um but uh, I'm excited to see how they respond. They're good boys, and uh, we had a really nice practice last night. So we're going to get on the road. Hopefully the roads aren't too interesting, but we're going to get on the road and head to Rifle this afternoon and uh, see if we can play better than we did on Friday and Saturday. Well, it's uh, certainly disappointing because you were on that that four-game winning streak prior the, to the last of Assault and Summit. What's, what's been the thing that's been the, the most troubling thing for you with your team the last two games? The last two games, we just seemed to miss shots that we've been starting to make. Um, so that I'd say the co- offensive consistency was the thing. I, I think they, we, we're playing hard. Um, we're just, this is probably not the most basketball word to use, but we're just playing weird. Um, and so we're going to try to snap the weirdness. Um, and, I, and I felt the weirdness go away last night, so I'm excited to put on a clean shirt and see what happens today. I like the weirdness. Yeah, I, I like that a little... Uh... You know, out of left field uh, description there, Rob. I like that. Well, hopefully the <laughs> the weirdness will go away tonight against uh, the Rifle Bears. You look at the standings right now. Uh, Steamboat, they're off to an eight and zero start, but you're right there in that uh, schmoz in, in second place uh, at four and three. <laughs> you Aspen Coleridge, so that uh, that second spot in the league is pretty tight right now. And that's what we're fighting for right now. We were, uh, we you know, we go to Steamboat on Friday, so. We're just looking to uh, take another little four-game run here now and, and see where it all settles out. Delta Panthers boys coach Rob Ames with us today. And uh, you played rifle back on the 17th of this month, a, a 63-28 to victory on your home floor in that one. And, look, they've, they've lost some, some players over the last uh, few weeks. I think you, we talked about that a lot when uh, that quite a bit when you spoke with us before uh, leading up to the game with rifle. Uh, I guess your your scouting report on on what you expect to see from them tonight on their home floor. Well, they're playing better. Um, they are playing better. I think they've kind of settled in with uh, the faces that they have now, and I and I think a lot of the coaches that they have. I think they're doing a really good job of staying positive and and improving. So I I, I think we're just we're going to have to play well. We're going to have to play well to win. We're going to have to play well to uh, get some confidence back offensively. As I mentioned, I mean, defensively, you played really well against them. What were the keys to success the last time? What has to carry over from that game when you beat them the last time, Rob, to tonight and what you try, what you hopefully can accomplish against them? I think that our, our identity is defense. We, we like to work hard and play too hard. That's kind of our mantra is, is play too hard on defense. And so if we continue to do that, we'll be fine. And I think that that's what we're trying to reestablish is our ability to spark our offense through our defensive intensity. So um, that's what we're going to try to do tonight is just guard the daylights out of them and, and make a couple shots and see how it goes. Clay Harden has uh, emerged as their leading scorer. And I mean, from what you remember watching and you know, coaching against him the last time out, what makes Harden a, a tough guard for your basketball team? He's quick getting to the basket, and he's got a nice little pull-up game. Um, mid-range and he did that to us the first time he caught our attention so um, we're hopefully going to be ready for him but yeah he's a he's a nice little player uh, he did a lot of good things um, the last time we played him 
All right, so we'll have coverage tonight over on our sister station, The Monkey. That's 95.7 in the Valley in Delta, 97.1. Girls' coverage starts at 545 with Mark Cantor, then the boys at 730 tonight, Delta at Rifle. It's our Highway 50 game of the week over on The Monkey, and you can always check out uh, the schedule at 957themonkey.com for a Highway 50 game of the week. Always a pleasure, Rob. Have a safe trip, okay? And uh, best of luck at Rifle tonight. Thanks so much, Jim. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Rob Ames, coach of the Delta Panther boys. Like I mentioned, they are currently in that uh, cluster, uh, that second place spot in the 4A Western Slope League. Uh, Steamboat's got off to a great start. They are 8-0 this season uh, to lead the 4A Western Slope League. All right, Jim, along with the Buckeye boy today. Yes, he is back in country. Yes. After a uh, wonderful trip and uh, to St. Martin's. And want to remind you, by the way, that uh, coming up later on this morning, we will give you the chance to get qualified for our big game table giveaway, the Buffalo Wild Wings. Your chance to win a table for six people and 50 wings. Your chance to get qualified for that today. I'll also uh, be there. Yeah. And you'll be Free wings. Yeah, baby. Oh, at the winner's table. That's, I'll be sitting there eating their wings. Just a reminder, by the way, Grand Junction is still on accident alert. Yep. So if you get into an accident and it's... Nothing serious, exchange information, and then contact the police later because the roads, I know, coming in today, I'm sure for you, they, mm-hmm. they certainly were for me, were really, really slick out there. Yeah, they're not great, but if you know, if you follow all the, follow at a safe distance and don't go too fast. Don't drive like an idiot? Yeah, don't drive like an idiot. You'll be fine. They were a little slick, you know, but I didn't go around corners you know, spinning in off into a, another dimension or anything. So, if you take it safe, you'll be all right. They they just they look worse than what they might be. You know, just drive well. Depends on where you are because coming in from west side of town, they were slick. Were they? I okay. had, yeah, I had to put on. I had to go four wheel high on my truck because it was slick. I I came down. I was also on a busier street. I think I came down the highway in North Avenue, so it was a little bit more traversed maybe so that might have something to play with it so, so you know just, be careful just in general don't be an give, idiot give yourself extra time to to get to work wherever you have to go this morning and so just just drive safe and be careful but once again city of grand junction still on accident alert so uh, once again mm-hmm. fender bender it's nothing serious exchange yeah. information and then call the police later yep. all right 733 wyatt thompson our college basketball insider voice of the kansas state wildcats will join us in a moment it's time right now for sound check Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Well, last week was the 30th anniversary of this little gem. Uh-oh. Remember that? The best part of that whole thing, Carl Lewis National Anthem, Uh-oh. was Sports Center and Charlie Steiner. Probably his most famous line he's ever uttered. Francis Scott off key. And Charlie was on Rich Eisen last week saying that that was not only off key, but kind of off the cuff. My cubicle happened to be next to a bank of back when they threw in cartridges. Yes, that's right. And I'm typing the show for that night, and I probably heard it. 25, 30 times. And, and I'm thinking... Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, uh-oh. The, the uh-oh sells it. So now I ha- I'm laughing every time. And I'm figuring by 7.58 or whatever time it was, I ha- would have been laughed out. 
Well, it didn't turn out that way. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, our national anthem. And, and, and now, in the studio, we had three cameramen, stage manager, yeah, and a guy who ran the, the prompter. prompter. Yeah, the prompter operator. And Jack. They are all collectively <laughs> losing it, and I am kind of leading the parade. <laughs> and I'm thinking, well, okay, by the time it is over, I'll be fine. I wasn't. <laughs> I'm thinking, as I'm embarrassing myself, can I save this? <laughs> and I lean back in the chair, and I don't know where it came from, but the Francis Scott off-key line, it was like uh, intervention oh, that wasn't from scripted? God. That literally, that was... Yeah, no, it, it popped into my head as oh, I'm leaning back. Such a classic Sports Center moment with Carl Lewis in the. Uh oh. Uh oh. Brought to you by Francis Scott off-key. Off oh my gosh, such a great line by Charlie Steiner, who I think I'm not sure if people younger than me I remember, but people younger than me, there are Sports Center fans, remember that. That's kind of where he got started, too, yeah. along with everybody else. Now he's doing Dodgers games, which is great for him. You know, Did Yankees there for a while, I think? So, but the but Dodgers him, quite a long yeah, time. Him, Bob Lee, Robin Roberts. He mentioned uh, Jack Edwards was on that broadcast with him. It's what, Bruins broadcaster? Mm-hmm. Kind of controversial Bruins broadcaster. Yeah, a little bit. So, But that was before, that was pre-Big Show days. Yeah, before uh, Oberman and Patrick. Yep. I don't know if you caught this. I didn't mention it in what's happening, but um, you we referenced hockey there with mm -hmm. uh, Jack Edwards and the Bruins. That uh, Bobby Hull died yesterday, <gasps> at age eighty four. No. Led the That's the black led the Blackhawks to the sixty one Stanley Cup, playing with the legendary Stan Mikita, mm -hmm. Wayne and Garth's favorite uh, donut shop. Yeah, he, he had five fifty goal seasons. The guy that brought the curved blade to the league, also jumped to the World Hockey Association, which ultimately escalated salaries for players in the NHL, and was also generally a miserable human being. As talented as he was on the ice, mm -hmm. Bobby Hull, blonde hair, matinee idol, good looks, he was just a wretched human being otherwise. Two of his ex-wives accusing him of domestic violence. One of them said he used a shoe, a high-heeled shoe, to beat her. Had racist comments. Of Had comments praising Hitler. You know, for a long time, was not associated with the, the organization until they brought him back in, like, what, 2008, I believe, when the current ownership bought the team. But... It's you know, if you're the Blackhawks, you're in a you're in a difficult spot. How do you approach honoring one of the all-time great players right. in your franchise history, who is also a really awful human being? And with the the, the controversy with with Beach, that was there with the team, the, mm -hmm. the the sexual abuse that they didn't do, do a particularly great job of handling that. It'll be interesting to see how do. How do you deal with a legend like Bobby Hull? One of the all-time great players in the league. Son Brett, tremendous player in his own right. But even Bobby Hull's daughter 
for decades, as, for, for a long time now, I believe decades, has worked with domestic violence victims mm-hmm. because of what because she went through that. because of yeah. her dad. Yeah, this it's, weekend took down a lot of people. It's like you want you want to acknowledge, and there's still a statue of him outside the Blackhawks arena. Mm-hmm. You want to acknowledge what a great player he was, but you can't just immediately go, well, let's totally separate all of it. Right. You, you can't. You can't totally separate the player he was from the awful human being that he was. Mm-hmm. The, no, absolutely. You can't. The racist, abusive guy that, that Bobby Hall was. Yeah. And it's it's tough. As, as beloved as Stan Makita was, mm-hmm. and as good a guy as Stan Makita was, his, his line mate, Bobby Hall was that bad. It's tough. Uh, and if you're the Blackhawks, like I said, how do you deal with that? If you're them. Yeah. Well, you you have to acknowledge him because he was one of the all-time great players. But how much is Mm -hmm. enough? How much is too much? Patch on the sweater? Eh. Is it just a moment of silence? Maybe a quick video montage of the Bobby Hall career? Okay. You know, after they come back from the All-Star break? Okay, that's probably sufficient. But to have a, a a season, you know, the rest of the season celebration of his his life and his career, I don't think you can do that if you're Chicago. I don't know how you can do that and be okay with that. I don't I don't know how you approach it. And it, and it's not like a lot of these things were in doubt. Mm-hmm. They were pretty much laid out in black and white that he did what he did. And was never particularly apologetic about any of it. Was not remorseful. Did not change. Did not become a better human being when he died at the age of 84. Yeah. All right. So This weekend got a lot of people, though. Cindy Williams. Yep. Laverne and Shirley. Uh, Barrett Strong, the Motown singer. Uh, Lisa Loring, the original Wednesday Adams. That's right. Annie Wershing. Uh, Tom Verlaine from uh, the, television. The television. Man, that was uh, Marquee Moon is a great album. If you get a chance yeah. to listen to it, does a great job Man, was, mixing punk and yeah. kind of and kind of almost a jazz feel. It's great. One of the great alternative rock albums of all time. And a Marquee Moon from television. Yeah. But Tom Verlaine was great. One of those guys that you may not know, but you definitely know of people that were inspired by him. Oh, yeah. Television inspired a ton of bands mm-hmm. a ton. afterward. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so bad weekend yeah, it was it was rough it was rough 741 jim along with the buckeye boy we'll take a break and we'll come back with more on the team sports network yeah i think they're like the best on the radio at least at the pro level the best of the best the jim davis show on Colorado's sports leader the team talking college basketball with the team's insider wyatt thompson on the jim davis show with us right now the chick-fil-a breakfast team phone line Voice of the Kansas State Wildcats, big rematch with Kansas tonight on the docket for him. Wyatt Thompson joins us. Good morning, Wyatt. How are you? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm doing fine. So let's start out with the the story of the day, which is Kansas State. You This time you have to go to Lawrence. It's the uh, rematch with uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. You got that 83-82 overtime win at Bramlage Coliseum. So now you have to go to Lawrence and... See if you can take down the Jayhawks. They've got a couple of losses on the season. One of those belongs to your Wildcats. 
Well, let me give you a couple of stats that may startle you. You ready for this? Play it on K-State me. Has, K-State has not swept Kansas since the 82-83 season. That's so been a while. I'll start with that one. I was uh, graduating from high school. That's how long ago it was. I was born <laughs> midway through that season. Yeah. Shut up. Well, Who asked you? Who asked you? <laughs> the other one is, is tonight will be the 299th all-time meeting between these longtime rivals dating back to 1907. And it will be only the 10th time in 299 games where they play with both teams ranked in the top 10. And both have pretty darn good rich tradition. So it kind of tells you it's a little bit of a rarity for these two teams or anybody to play, you know, top 10 games. It's hard. I mean, right now, Kansas State number seven, Kansas number eight. I mean, just... uh... You know, uh, eighteen and three overall, seventeen and four. Excuse me, and seventeen and four for Kansas. Mentioned, uh, you know, the, the the losses in conference. One of those belonging to, of course, Kansas State. So, I mean, it's you know, right now, I mean, these teams, you know, right next to each other when it comes to the AP standings. And and when you look at what's happening right now in the conference, and Iowa State clearly blew one last night. They had a twenty-three point lead with about twelve minutes to go at Tech, and ended up losing in overtime, but. So now you've got Texas at the top of the league and then, you know, K-State right there behind them. Um, but Iowa State's still very much a part of it, um, and, and Baylor and several others. Um, man, the, the league was, what, 7-3 and three in the Big 12 SEC Challenge, which is the 10th and final edition. There were a couple of shockers there, I, I think, for even people in the Big 12. But I just – I'm trying to make the point of how good I think the Big 12 is this year. West Virginia – who had won two conference games at home, beat number 10 Auburn. And then how about Oklahoma strapping it on number two Alabama? Oh, just, just a, a woodshed. Incredible. Yeah. It was 93 to 69, Jim. That's nuts. Yeah, I watched just a little bit of the West Virginia game, and I, I yeah. thought Bob Huggins' team played really well. Even Charles Barkley in attendance. Well, I guess, yeah. yeah. Was that Bob Huggins' fish fry? But she was there watching his Auburn Tigers. But, that sounds delicious. Uh, but uh, yeah, their their charity event that they do, and and he was uh, the the speaker at the fish fry for Bob Huggins. I watched but, maybe nineteen seconds of Iowa State. They were up so big. I'm like, oh, this game's over. <laughs> it, it's over. With. <laughs> it's incredible. By the way, one thing you guys have to do before the end of your uh, drawing breaths on this planet is go to a Bob Huggins fish fry. But it, it, there's nothing else like it. I, I can't even describe it. You know, he was here for the one year and had one here, and it was like, <laughs> I don't I don't even know where to start. <laughs> okay, what, okay, what makes that. it so special? What What's so amazing about a Bob Huggins fish well, fry? Well, he, br- he brings in all of these big-time people, and they have, it, it's kind of a fundraising thing, and they just have so much fun. I mean, it, it's kind of like going, it's like going to, the, to a casino or something with, uh, I don't know, maybe 25 of, of, some of the most famous basketball people you can name. <laughs> it's really quite unique. I will, I will have that on my bucket list of someday, somehow, some way. Like I said, before <laughs> I draw that last breath, might be there. You go. Might be eighty-nine-year-old Jim Davis finally go. Well, there you go. Yeah, that sounds like a good deal. Because Bob Huggins will probably still be around. He probably will. He's, he's vampire like. He'll never go away. He'll just. Uh, well, if, if toughness has anything to do with it, he'll be around. <laughs> Probably so. Probably so. Wyatt Thompson, our college basketball insider with us. He'll have the call tonight of uh, Kansas State taking on Kansas second time this season. The last time of that 83-82 overtime victory. 
It was a game where Desi Sills really stepped up. Uh, season high, 24 points off the bench. He was really kind of the, the difference maker in that game that went against Kansas the last time. I agree, and I remember it vividly. I, I think what's really interesting is, here's, here's how good I think Desi has been for K-State. I think a lot of people will uh, look at him as a potential sixth man of the year in the league. I would be honest and say I think the leader in the clubhouse at the moment is Serge Barry Rice. Uh, at Texas, who was really good again last night. And we will see them here on Saturday. So how about that week? KU and Lawrence on Tuesday. Texas here on Saturday. Uh, What a week for us, right? But anyway, Desi was... KU did a really good job of getting physical with Marquise Noel and kind of getting him, you know, out of rhythm, out of the things that he likes to do. And guess who stepped up? Desi. He was awesome. He had 24. Keontae had 24. I'm anxious to see how this one plays out because if you remember, Jim, Jalen Wilson had 38. I don't think K-State has much of a chance to win if he has 38 again tonight. They've got to <laughs> do a better job with him. And it wasn't just like he hit 10 threes or something. Most, most of his stuff was off the dribble drive. So I, I think you're going to see both teams make adjustments. And I, I would say – this is probably oversimplifying it, but this this is coming down to rebounding and who makes more shots. As simple as that. Both teams are long and athletic. Um, I don't think KU has the rim protector that they've had in recent years, but that doesn't mean they're still not a quality, you know, potential to be a one or a two seed. They're they're awfully good. Wyatt Thompson, Voice Kansas State Wildcats or College Basketball Insider, with us. AP Top Twenty Five out with uh, Purdue number one, followed by. Tennessee, Houston, Alabama, and Arizona. I want to talk about Rick Barnes and Tennessee for a moment. They uh, got the win against Texas in the, the Big 12 SEC Challenge uh, 82-71. Uh, it was their fifth consecutive win over a top-10 team. Certainly looks like Rick Barnes, former Texas coach, has the you know, the number two ranked volunteers playing some of the best basketball that they played in a very long time. I agree with that, and so many people talk about the you know the challenges that they've had on the offensive side, but they uh, probably aren't talking enough about how good they are defensively. Uh, Texas is a really high-level offensive team, and they they said they had 71, but <laughs> I think they gave up 83. Um, I and here's the thing about Tennessee: they they scored 83 or whatever it was in that game against Texas, and. And uh, Vescovy was the third leading scorer. Um, they're getting better. And many believe this is Coach Barnes' best team at Tennessee. And I do have to say this, too. After 17 years and 100, or make it uh, 402 wins in Austin, that probably felt pretty good for him beating Texas on Saturday, wouldn't you think? Oh, I'm sure he enjoyed that. I don't know if he lit up the big cigar necessarily, <laughs> but I, I don't know if he's a cigar smoker, but I'm sure he probably he probably relished getting that one against uh, his former yeah. employer. They're good, though. Don't you think their Final Four is good? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. Particularly yeah, with their, they how they play defensively, I think is very impressive. Our Big mm-hmm. 12. Sorry, go ahead, Wyatt. No, I'm, I'm good. Go ahead. Our uh, basketball insider, Wyatt Thompson, joining us on the Jim Davis Show. Another team I think that's sneaky good. They're in that three-team schmoz atop the Big East is Marquette. They've lost five games this season by an average of four points. Lost to Purdue, who's the number one team in the nation. Lost to Providence. Lost to Xavier, who are all tied with them atop the Big East. We have the Golden Eagles and uh, Villanova coming up tomorrow on the team. 
how big of a run do you think Marquette can go on coming up next, well, next month starting tomorrow? I think that's a great question because I do think they're one of the more undervalued teams in the top 15 or, or 20 in the country. And, and I think you're all over it in terms of 17-5 and five with that schedule is very impressive. Um, you know, I, I, I got you know, pretty familiar with their coach with his time in the Big 12. I think he's really much better than, than most people perceive. He's done a great job of getting them relevant very quickly. Um, he's done it before with another program. There's not much to not like here, to be honest with you. Uh, they, they have a team that they, they have a lot of pieces. They, I really like the way they play on both ends of the floor. Um, it's a good basketball team. I, I, <laughs> if you're looking for a dark horse in March, keep an eye on them because I think they could certainly be that. You know, another team to keep an eye on is a team that has had great success in recent years, a team in your conference that has been unranked until now they're, they're number 11, and that's Baylor. They, yeah. you know, they, they picked up wins over Kansas and Arkansas. They have started to really put some things together right now. Yeah, and here's the thing. Uh, they, they lost last night at Texas, which is no shame, and it was 76-71. I think the real key for them is that everybody talks about their three guards, and their guards are really good. Uh, Keontae George is one of the best freshmen in the country, no question. But I think the key to them will be their bigs. Jalen Bridges is playing better. I think what you see is what you get out of Flo Thamba. But but here's the remember the name Jonathan Chamuachua who blew up his knee. Uh, there's there's talk in Waco, even back to when we were there, that he could potentially make it back towards the end of this year. They will be a much different team uh, with him on the floor, even if it's 15, 18, 20 minutes a game. Uh, keep an eye on that one, because with him, they look and are better, without a doubt. And they're, I mean, they're top, top 15, top 10 anyway, but with, with Chama Chachua, they could be really good. Hey, White, have a great call tonight, and hopefully for you the outcome is exactly the way it was the last time around. <laughs> I would take it. We haven't won there since 06, so it's about time. <laughs> hey, White, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Have a great call tonight, my friend. Thanks, bud. Good talking to you guys. Likewise. Take care. Wyatt Thompson, voice the Kansas State Wildcats, our college basketball insider. Joins us every Tuesday on the program. Yeah, he's right. If you get a chance to check in on Marquette, do it. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with Hour 2 on the Team Sports Network.